Did you miss our first ever live Datitude on Facebook and Twitter? That's okay. We're going to share it all with you here as Jeff Duncan comes on to talk about the Saints' changes in personnel, all the things that went on this week, and offers his prediction for the 22 season coming up next on episode number 86. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? Hello to all my friends out there. Whether you're in New Orleans, whether you're in somewhere else in Louisiana, whether you're spread across the country, dare I say, whether you're internationally a fan of Datitude, welcome. This is Datitude episode number 86 for a Friday, September the 2nd, 2022. That is right. It is September. Hard to believe that is where we are, and it is exciting. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times, speaking in the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And we thank you for joining us. If you missed, like I said in the intro there, it was our first ever live Datitude. Now, this monologue portion, you're getting lanyard because the people that were on live didn't hear this part. So you're special. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you get your major podcast platforms, whatever, you know, I'm fumbling with my words, it's Friday, then you are the lucky one because they didn't hear my monologue live. It's not going to be a long monologue. We are doing something different here on Datitude, exciting. Every Friday, we will have our live show. The portion, Jeff Duncan is going to come on every Friday. During the football season, it's going to be live. It's going to be on Facebook, the bet.nola.com Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, and my personal Twitter page as of now. We're going to work on getting it on YouTube, and we're going to figure all that out as we go along. But that's where we are right now, and um, we're going to have fun with it. And obviously, we're going to talk during the football season. It's going to be 85 to 90% Saints. We are going to talk about LSU a little bit. We're going to talk about Tulane a little bit. We're going to talk about high schools a little bit. I Speaking of high schools, tonight on Varsity Sports Now, I'm back with my partner Jim Rapier on VSN, and we are doing Brother Martin and Madison Prep tonight. I am excited to at least look. I spent a lot of my career covering high schools, and um, I miss it. i got to be honest. I really do. I miss it a lot more than I thought I would. It's... I've always said that covering high schools was the most fun part of my 32-year career. It was the largest chunk of my career. Um, And not doing previews this time of year has certainly been strange. And so I'm excited to get back out of the field. Tad Gormley Stadium as VSN opens up its fourth season of live games. Check it out. Uh, VSN. Uh, a subscription-based service is at only $9.99 a month, but let me tell you, it is worth every cent because you get tons of games, including every Newman football home game is on VSN. So you can say a whole ton of Arch Manning 
for just nine ninety nine a month, and uh, that starts tonight. Um, we have several games going on. Again, Jim Rapier and I will be Brother Martin uh, and Madison Prep to open up this 22 prep football season. But we want to talk about the Saints today. Uh, we're going to touch on LSU just a little bit uh, in their opener on Sunday and this in the Caesar Superdome against the Florida State Seminoles. So weird that neither team is ranked. Um, I make an argument that is that this is the most important non-conference game for the LSU Tigers in many years. Um, obviously, they have way more important SEC games, and I'm not counting the bowl games when I talk about that. Um, but a season opener against a team like Florida State, we saw what happened against UCLA last year, and it just kind of set the tone for the downward spiral, I guess, of this program. And now Brian Kelly is coach, and... Uh, if this team is going to go over their projected seven-win total at Caesars Sportsbook, they're going to have to win this one. It's a must-win. And so uh, just three-point favorites right now, I, I think it's a 50-50 toss-up. I've been asked several times what I think. Um, if I had to pick, I would pick LSU. I just don't know enough about this team, and frankly, I don't think anyone does. Uh, almost certainly Jaden Daniels will be the starting quarterback. I think you will see some Garrett Nussmeyer. You will see all the running backs in there. You'll see a bunch of Kayshawn Butte. We'll see what this new offensive line is going to do uh, and kind of a revamped defense. It's going to be interesting. And uh, you know what? It's okay if, if LSU struggles a bit this year because it's a rebuilding year. And every team in America, every single team in America, not named the Alabama Crimson Tide, have rebuilding years. And I think you're not just rebuilding a year. You're rebuilding a program. And that's where LSU is right now. And if you go 7-4 and four or 7-5 and five or whatever it is, and, or God forsaken, say, 8-4, and four, then that is one hell of a rebuilding year. And LSU has a chance to do that. So we'll talk about that. Um, next week we'll probably touch on Tulane a little bit. Uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Their projected win total, I believe, is six or six and a half at Caesars Sportsbook. And I expect them to have a much better season. I think the Green Wave are going to be pretty decent this year. Looking forward to that. But today is about the Saints, and uh, they've had an interesting week, as we all know. Started with the injury to Trevor Penning and uh, out for at least now officially the first four weeks of the season placed on IR. And quite frankly, we all know it's going to be a lot longer than that. It could be the season. So it's a rough break for a first-round draft pick, and you are now a lot thinner at left tackle than you were just a week ago. Um, but it is what it is. So James Hurst, who's dealing with an injury himself, is going to have to step in, and there's not much behind him. But the Saints will figure it out, and you have to hope that that is the last injury for a while in the offensive line because that is a place where you cannot afford injuries. We saw what happened last year. And not just because Ian Book uh, in that Dolphins game was not good and it was his first ever NFL start and maybe in the grand scheme of things in the long run his only NFL start. But he played behind a third-string offensive line because they were that banged up. And there's no one. Drew Brees in his prime couldn't have won that game with that offensive line. And now the Saints go into this season. Um, If that's their only injury there, and it's their only injury for a while, they'll be okay. 
But we'll have to wait and see if that's going to be the case. Um, everyone else seems to be okay at the moment. Really looking forward to seeing what this wide receiving core can do to get started. And um, to have Michael Thomas back, it's almost sure a sure thing that he'll be back. How much he has an effect early in the season, we'll find out. But, uh, you know, I said it on my – if you haven't ca- caught our 32 te- teams previews, our 32 NFL team previews on bet.noah.com, well, you've missed quite a bit. Today we did the last one, the New Orleans Saints, and uh, we talk about how important it's going to be for them to start fast because the easiest part of the schedule is most certainly the beginning. And, you know, you start off with three division opponents, and there's nothing obviously easy about Tampa Bay or Carolina, but you start off with a must-win. you got to win in Atlanta. Absolutely no question. They have to beat Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. You don't win there in Atlanta, it is going to be a long year. And frankly, you can, I, I think if they lose to Atlanta, you can rip up those futures if you got the over on the eight and a half. You can just rip them up. If they don't beat Atlanta, they're not winning eight, uh, nine games, simply put. But I don't think we, uh, I don't think that there's anything to worry about there. I'm just stating that. And then you talk about uh, the early part of the schedule beyond that. If they can go two and one in those division games to start, or obviously better yet, three and zero. Oh. Tough game at in London against Minnesota, and then you go on, and you have some games you should win, some games that are fifty fifty, and there'll be a couple games where they're underdogs until they get to week eleven, and they play the Rams, the Forty ers and Tampa Bay on a Monday night. That is a gauntlet. So six and four, seven and three. They've got to get to that to to have a chance to win the division. I really think they need to be seven and three when they go to the play the Rams game. Uh, that's my opinion. But uh, you can look at the schedule. You can look at our NFL team preview again up on bet.nola.com this morning. And we also will talk about it, it on our on our YouTube page on uh, on the nola.com YouTube page and my own personal YouTube page. You can search for me. Um, we did. Uh, I I posted or I'm going to post the live recap the show that we did live it'll be up uh, as well on those youtube pages and it's got a lot of nice cool graphics saints schedule saints numbers and uh odds and all those good things and um it'll be fun so join that and join us every friday live again 9 15 a.m every friday on the bet.nola.com facebook page my own personal facebook page my own twitter page at jim Derry jr please feel free leave a comment Leave a question. We will read it on the air and uh, every Friday live. And then you'll hear it on here because the rebroadcast of that is coming up in just a minute with Duncan. That is our show for today. So we're going to get to them now. And uh, when we are done, I will come back and wrap it all up with my final thoughts. Here's what you missed if you didn't see it live. Uh, welcoming in Jeff Duncan to the Datitude Podcast. How you doing, my friend? Good morning, J.D. I'm doing great, man. Football season is upon us. I got to watch a little college action last night, and it's starting to feel real, you know? Love it. Really? And you know what? They had some good games on last yeah. night. I'll tell you what, that, that Purdue game, uh, I, was, I was not just because I bet on and lost by half a point, not that I'm bitter or anything, but uh, brutal. Yeah, it, was, it really was. That, that ending was brutal. But, I mean, some great college football games on last night, West Virginia. And Pitt, uh, the first game for the Panthers without 
Kenny Pickett, and they did very well. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be an exciting season. And one week from today, we will be talking more about the Saints opener. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the rough week that the Saints had. Uh, and, you know, really, you kind of expect things like this to happen, Dunk, because, I mean, you can't go through this great preseason with all the excitement that's going on and then not expect something to happen that's not going to be exciting for everyone. Well, yeah, they've been kind of quiet, right, all training camp. I'd, I'd remarked to some of my colleagues how the Saints were flying under the radar, really, nationally. Um, not a lot of national reporters coming to town. That was very unusual. <clears throat> Usually we get Peter King and, uh, you know, all the big shots come to town. I think Ian Rappaport was the only national reporter I saw uh, during the four weeks of camp. So the Saints were kind of flying on the radar, then all of a sudden they make the big trade on uh, cut day with, with C.J. Gardner-Johnson and then followed up by the news about Marcus May's arrest. So, yeah, back-to-back things. I didn't think it was necessarily all uh, – obviously the Marcus May news is, is troubling and right. bad news, but uh, I, I'm not as – I'm not as down on the C.J. Gardner trade as I think the fans are. Uh, he was a very popular player, but um, I don't think that's going to significantly impact the Saints at all defensively. Well, Dunk, you go into that, and, and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit. And I think what, what some people may not understand uh, about the Ch- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson trade and basically giveaway is what it, it ends up turning out to be is – when the, the the Saints are one of a few teams, in my opinion, that they just don't they don't handle locker room issues. They they don't it doesn't factor in with this team. They get rid of problems before they happen if they can. And in this case, I think the the lingering contract situation with him was carrying on to the field and onto the practice field, and they realized that at some point it was going to be a problem. And the Saints are a team that they get rid of problems before they happen. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. And I think the most important thing for people to know is that wasn't the main reason they traded him. You know, they wanted to get him under contract, and they were just far apart. Uh, so, you know, if they could have come to a deal, I think that what I'd been told by sources was the Saints were offering top nickel cornerback money, which is around an, a contract for an average of $8 million a year. Uh, that's not what C.J. Gardner-Johnson and his representatives were seeking. They were seeking something about $4 million a year more than that, which is not nickel cornerback money. I understand where they're coming from. This is very similar almost to what happened with Jimmy Graham, where Jimmy Graham was trying to be paid as a wide receiver because receivers get paid more than tight ends. The Saints used him a lot like a receiver. So I kind of get both sides of it, but the fact is they were far apart, and the Saints had higher priorities, those being – Eric McCoy and Marcus Davenport, two of their key players on each side of the line, that are going to be significant deals. And they do not have a lot of cap room. They don't have any cap room next year. They're already $60 million over the cap. Right. So, you know, we hear all the time about how the Saints are masters of the cap and all this, you know, hype around it. And look, I get it. They've done a great job every year of trying to field a team that's competitive, but there are consequences to the kicking the can down the road. We've already seen it in, in the form of Teron Armstead leaving and, and Marcus Williams leaving and Trey Hendrickson leaving. And now you had to trade 
C.J. Gardner-Johnson because you couldn't get to a deal because you're cash-strapped. So there are consequences. It just doesn't seem that way up front. Uh, but that was the real problem here. And then he, did, he wasn't reacting well to the fact that they didn't have a long-term deal, and, and that really kind of greased the skids. If you want to ask us any questions or you have a comment for us, uh, if you're not on Facebook, uh, you can ask at Twitter, at Jim Derry Jr. is where you would uh, go bring your comment or your question. I'll be glad to read it on the air. I have my Twitter up here. Uh, And we have our first uh, question for you, Dunk. It's from Uncle Big Nick, and he wants to know, did Jeff Duncan actually read all those books that are behind you? (laughs) I have. In full disclosure, no, I haven't read them all. I've, okay. I've got a, almost as big a stack on my uh, nightstand near my bed that I'm, I'm like half. I'm notorious for starting and getting like a quarter or halfway through, then picking up another book. Uh, so I've got to, <laughs> I've got to learn to master that. I, I've tried to make a, a goal this year, Jim, of of reading a book a week, and uh, I'm, I'm I've accomplished more book reading than I ever have this year, but I'm still struggling to meet that goal. Well, when we get to this point of the season, that's a little tough. I mean, right. it is it is really tough to read anything as we're about to go, and I'm sure you're going to be at the Dome on Sunday night at LSU and Florida State, and then the, the Saints prep for uh, the Atlanta Falcons get started. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be really tough to do that. No, so. I'm, looking, I'm writing a book right now with, with Steve Gleason, so that's taking up almost all my free time away from my normal times picking in duties, which are – during football season, as you know, I mean, we're, we're pretty much 24-7. So, got my hands full. I, I can squeeze in my reading time in snippets. Well, I, I think uh, sports writers are a little bit different from news reporters to me in the fact that we, I think news reporters read more than they write or at least read as much as they write. Sports writers write way more than they read. I mean, it's just, you know, maybe yeah. we're, we're just not as intelligent as I mean, and I'm not being facetious. I, I think we're just not, a, we don't have as much room up here as, as, as they do, which is well, look, okay. When I was a beat writer, I read everything, like everything about the Saints I could read, but I'm not, I don't do that as much as a columnist because I'm spread around different, different teams I'm covering and stuff. But um, when I was the beat writer, I definitely read every word. And we, we used to be able to get access to the clip files. You know, I don't know if people are aware of this, but like the Saints, media relations department every day they compile clip files of all the stories in the media that are written about the team that day and it goes out to everybody in the in the building all the coaches i'm sure they don't get to all of it but it's there if they want it every day and we used to get access to that it used to have hard copy print print out version of those and so that was nice you could just come into work at the saints media the media center sit down and read it all right there in, in the old school kind of printed out way. Uh, we don't get access to that anymore, so it makes it a little harder. you got to do it, do it on your own digitally and set it up that way. But nevertheless, uh, I don't have time for that either right now. Ain't nobody got time for that. I mean, I just don't. I, once, once the season starts, I can tell you, from Monday to Sunday, if I, if I have any break whatsoever and this house is quiet, I'm taking me, even if it's a little cat nap, I'm taking a little cat nap. I'm catching up as much as I can. That's what we do during the season. So, because the weekends are just crazy. All right, let's talk, get back to the Saints and stop talking about us. And, um, you know, you, we're going to have on in just a few minutes. Um, I want to play a clip. It's about 16 minutes long, but it's interesting. 
Uh, it is it, for anybody who's has followed. We have done team previews, all 32 of them. The 32nd team NFL team preview ran this morning on bet.nola.com. You can check it out there. You can check it out at nola.com uh, slash sports slash saints. Um, it's everywhere. We've done all 32 of them. We finished with the saints this morning and uh, we've had on at the end of every show. I give a little synopsis of what I think about whatever team I'm talking about and what their over under is. And in this case, and I'll show this graphic, the over under on the saints. Uh, there you go. It's eight and a half. If you want to bet on the saints still, you can bet on the saints to win more than eight and a half games or less than eight and a half games at Caesar Sportsbook and a lot of other books. That is the price at Caesar Sportsbook. You got to bet $130 to win a hundred to go over eight and a half. Now, just a couple of months ago, it was seven and a half. So that goes to show you how much people have been betting on the saints. In fact, division title was plus 300. Now it's plus 320 super bowl title. A couple of months ago, was plus 5,000. So if you think the saints are going to win the super bowl and you want to put 10 bucks on it, Today, if the Saints were to win the Super Bowl, you would win 400 bucks. You can do that at Caesars Sportsbook. And in fact, at Caesars Sportsbook, they have the, uh, they, they also have a, uh, if you're a new user, if you haven't got on there, Caesars Sportsbook, the official partner, betting odds partner of bet.nola.com, you can go on there and you get a free uh, guaranteed bet. And what I mean by guaranteed bet is you, if you lose, you get whatever you bet on that first bet back uh, in a free bet up to, I think, $1,250. You can check that out on betnola.com. So you can go bet on the Saints future if you want, if that's, if that's uh, what you want to do. But I want to talk about, and we're going to get to Adam in just a minute. Adam Chernoff was a professional handicapper, and he, he went through and dissected. And I gave my prediction on the Saints, as I did for all the other 31 teams. And he tells me whether I'm right or wrong. And he had some very interesting takes Takes that I didn't have. So we're going to show that in just a moment. Again, it's about a 16-minute video, and I definitely think it's worth watching, or I wouldn't show the whole 16 minutes. So that's coming up in just a moment. But, Dunk, Dunk I want to get your take on what you think um, about the Saints. And I think one of the things that scares me is you did a little poll of, I think, 29 media members a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. And all 29 or 27 or however many it was, 27, they, yeah. every single person – said that the Saints are going over the eight-and-a-half win total, and there is no way that every single person is right. So that scares the hell out of me. And if I didn't, you know, I'm going by what I see, but it's it just scares me that everybody thinks the Saints are going over. No, I feel 100% like you. Uh, you know, that's never a good sign. No. I do, I do think there's a wider, uh, to use a meteorological term, wider cone of uncertainty with this team than most of the teams I've covered, especially in the Drew Brees era. I think the, the floor for this team is very is much lower than some of the previous teams because there's a real uh, precarious nature to a lot of the things, a lot of uncertainty, put it that way. Yeah. You got a new head coach. You got a new offensive coordinator. I know they're not new, but they are in new roles. New Two new defensive coordinators, uh, basically a new quarterback. I mean, Jameis Winston's been here, but he's he's still fairly new. There's just a lot of moving parts and new roles. And um, I think you're going to have a new mindset with a new head coach and a new culture. And I think that's still kind of playing itself out like most teams at this time of year. So I, I feel like the Saints are two of the key people that are relying on offensively, uh, Jameis Winston and 
Michael Thomas, I mean, really haven't played very much in the preseason. We don't know, really. I've heard good things about Michael Thomas's status, but is that going to hold up over, right. over the course of a season? Is Jameis Winston going to be able to hold up over the season? If, if not, does Andy Dalton still have it to lead this team? There's just a lot of things, I think, that have to go right. But if they do go right, I think this team can win 12, 11, 12 games. I really do. I think they're talented enough to do that. But also know that every year everything doesn't go right. I mean, it just doesn't. And we've already seen that here in the last week or so with Trevor Pinning going down and now the arrest of Marcus May. Well, the way I dissect most of these teams, and I did so with the Saints for sure just as well, not just what they have personnel-wise, but as far as their – I like to go through the schedule. And uh, you look at the Saints' schedule, Dunk, and if you're watching this live, obviously if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see this, but we'll try to go through some of it. Most of you know it anyway if you're listening to this. The Saints' schedule to me, Dunk, they have got to get to seven wins before they get to that November 20th game against the Rams if they're going to have any chance to win this division. Now, they might be able to go six and four or so if they're just going to go over their total and win people money, go over the eight and a half. But to me, they have got to go seven and three uh, uh, to get to the Rams because that stretch of Rams at San Francisco – at Tampa Bay before the extremely late bye week to me is just brutal. Yeah, no, the fast start, I think, uh, this year, uh, the, the schedule's kind of backloaded, mid, uh, middle and backloaded. I think the early first five games when the Saints go to London in week four and then come back and get Seattle, who I think is going to be terrible this year. Yeah, They're going to be awful. one of the worst teams in the league. Okay. I think it, the Saints should do no worse then four and one in those first five games, three and two, you can survive, but they have to at least have a winning record after five games. I don't see how they could recover from that. Given how difficult that stretch is. I mean, once they get through Seattle, every team in that group for the next like two months is a playoff team, except for Baltimore. And we know they are a playoff caliber team that had the only team in the league that really had more injuries than the saints last year. So to me, that, that stretch is where you, you're going to have to just try and survive and maybe maybe go 500. You have to build up a reservoir of wins before that. Well, there's no question. And, I mean, I think they also need to go 4-2 and two in the division. And whether that means sweeping Atlanta and Carolina or sweeping Atlanta and splitting with Carolina and Tampa Bay, whatever. I think you need to go at least 4-2 and two in this division to have a chance. And um, – you know, we're, I've talked about it this week. I think Carolina could be the surprise. And I, the yeah. Saints two the Saints two months ago to me were the best value in the NFC as far as betting wise goes at seven and a half wins, and the odds to win the division at plus five hundred. But now I think it's I think it's the Panthers. I I think the Panthers are going to be much improved. I think they're going to have a winning record if if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, if Baker Mayfield stays on the field because he's such a major upgrade over Sam Darnold. And this defense, they were the second-ranked defense in the NFL last year. I think this is going to be a very surprised team, and I really like Carolina as far as future bets. I mean, you don't like them in, in your division. You, you don't want them to, to be as good as, as I think they're going to be. But I think Carolina is easily at least a 9-18. and Yeah, no, I think you're spot on there. I think it's a very difficult game for the Saints. They're going to have their home opener against Tom Brady and the Bucs. Right. Uh, it's going to be an emotional game. We know that the, the dome will be lit. And then you go on the road 
to play Carolina, and they're packing. The, the Saints will be packing for their subsequent road trip over to London because they're flying from Charlotte to London, which is going to be an exciting game. A lot of the players will have never been to London overseas. So it would be very easy to bask in the glory of maybe beating the Bucks, look ahead to the Vikings and going overseas to London and forget about the Panthers. And that's kind of what happened last year. The, the Saints beat Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay into the ground and then right. went to Carolina. I know there's some extenuating circumstances, but they still played terribly and got beat by a much worse team than they're going to face this year. Uncle Big Nick says he doesn't like the Saints' chances on November 27th, but he's a little biased. He's a 49ers fan. 49ers fan living in New Orleans, it just it's just not right. I mean, he's born and raised New Orleanian, hates the Saints. His dad is a diehard black and gold, and somehow he became a 49ers fan. It's pretty disgusting. I picked I picked the Niners to win that game. I think that's a that's a difficult one for the Saints. You're playing the Rams here. I think you know Jim Haslett once told me this a long time ago, and it's it is very accurate. And people don't think about it when you play teams is so important. It's an overlooked factor in the NFL. When you Agreed. get them, you get them, you get them like, for instance, the Saints are getting the Bucks in week two. That's a great time to get that team because they have all kinds of injuries to their offensive line right now. They'll eventually figure it out. They'll settle into roles. And, but, right, you want to play them early. You know? And they play that. They start off on the road two straight weeks. So yes. Dallas. Exactly. At Dallas on a Sunday night and then got to go back on the road at the Saints. That is not an easy spot for them. So I, I like the Saints there as well. Yeah, and so the Saints have to go to San Francisco after playing a big home game, be an emotional game against the right. Rams, and that's a tough that's a tough ask. If you beat the Rams, now you got to go on the road and play another quality team at their place all the way across the country. When you play teams, uh, for instance, the Browns this year, if you get yeah. them without Deshaun Watson, that's one thing. You get them later in the year when they have him. I mean, they're a totally different team, so – uh, you know, I think that factor, along with injuries and just, and then just playing good and bad breaks, kind of make up the difference between a lot of teams being eleven and six and and maybe seven and nine in a given given season. For those of you watching live, you are watching the first ever live Datitude podcast. It took us eighty six episodes to try this. Uh, Duncan and I are going to do this every Friday during the football season as we roll along. Sometimes we'll have guests, and we're actually hoping to have a couple guests. For our second live episode, I have not reached out to them. I want to keep it a surprise, so I don't want to go any further than that. But we'll see what happens next week. I want to get into the Adam Chernoff um, preview and his dissecting of the Saints. And, Jeff, I want you to watch this, and I would like to get your take because I think it's a very it's, – it's, it's great to have an outsider and someone who does this for a living, a professional handicapper. He's from Canada. He lives in Canada. He has no interest – he has no rooting interest, and we can say whatever we want because it makes our jobs easier if the Saints win. I mean, whether, you know, so we internally, we, we secretly want the Saints to win or sometimes not so secretly. So this is a complete outsider who is going to tell us what he thinks about the New Orleans Saints, if I can get it here very quickly. And here it is, Adam Chernoff in his uh, commentary. Well, we have made it, boys and girls. Day 32 of 32. 
And it's the one that most people here around where I'm broadcasting are most interested in. And that is the New Orleans Saints. And they have had quite an offseason. Um, it's been an interesting uh, change from Sean Payton now to Dennis Allen. Jameis Winston looks healthy. They've got supposedly most of their receiving quarterback. They draft Chris Olave. Of course, their other number one draft pick is now injured, but we'll talk about him in a minute. Adam Chernoff of Covers.com, as he has been for all 31 previous episodes, going to tell me whether he agrees with me or whether he doesn't agree with me or whether he's somewhere in the middle. But I, I have a hunch. I have a hunch we're going to agree, but at I least know where I, you're think going. Yep. I think we're both going to have an opinion at least on this one. So let's start it with this. Uh, the Saints over under at eight and a half currently, and you got to pay juice to get it. It has been steadily increasing. Adam, I will say this. I've been called Derry Downer many times throughout my career, so I will tell you when I think the Saints stink, but I don't understand with this lineup, this core, this group, and I get the change from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen, but to me, I don't understand why this number is so low. I will say that's not nearly the value that it was a month and a half ago when it was seven and a half when I jumped all over it. But still, I think there's a little bit of a bargain at eight and a half and even more bargain at division title at plus 320. Okay, so we did a podcast here in early April for the draft. And we talked about win totals. And the one that I left everyone with was Saints over seven and a half. Now, I know everybody probably is still waiting to bet any win totals. So like you mentioned, you're looking at eight and a half. It is a much bigger number. There's probably still value to go over. And another way that I could say to bet this would be to look at all your sportsbook offerings. And if you have a yes, no to win the division price, you can bet the no on Tampa Bay around plus 275. And that'll give you the option for an upstart Panthers team as well as the Saints. If you think Carolina has something there, we talked about it. We said we don't really know. It's a tricky one. But it kind of gives you that extra option for a very similar price to what you would be paying Saints division. It's an interesting output. Uh, Jim, we can go a lot of different directions here. I'll say that if this team was still coached by Sean Payton, this would probably be as much as I've liked the preseason future in a long time to go over or for the Saints to have success, division, make the playoffs, however you want to approach it. With Dennis Allen stepping in, it it kind of gives me hesitation because like we talked about with Tampa Bay, Dennis Allen as the defensive coordinator is amazing. Put him in that role. He should be one of the top defensive coordinators considered for any team if we were starting to leak fresh. He is brilliant. What is he going to look like as a head coach with added responsibility? We don't know. That's really the big concern here for the Saints. The reason that I'm willing to bet on the Saints is the only team with that defensive head coach is because we know very certainly that a lot of the offense is going to be pushed aside and it's going to be left to Pete Carmichael because he has been there for almost two decades and there's been instances where Peyton has been away from the team where Carmichael has stepped in and run the offense to perfection. Some of the best stretches in Drew Brees' career were with Carmichael taking the place of Sean Payton, the suspension, the leg injury, whatever it might be. There's proven success that Carmichael can have with this team. Where I think it's really interesting is last year, it's tough to get a lot from what the Saints did. 
They played four different quarterbacks. They lost the second most games to injury on offense. This team was beat up, banged up, and they still put up really good numbers. The price point this year is actually lower than where they finished a year ago. I really like Winston in this offense, especially with Michael Thomas coming back, but the speed that Olave has. The one thing that's going to make the Saints team really different from what they were a year ago is as much as you might dislike Jameis Winston, one thing that he does and is willing to do is throw the ball downfield with reckless abandon. That sounds like a bad thing, but for the Saints with Kamara out of the backfield in this offensive line, space and defenses needing to respect things downfield is what this team desperately needs and something they have not had, even going back into the last couple years of Breeze's career when his arm strength was dwindling. Now that that's there, this really gives this team a lot of options to run the offense how they want to. And I think you add Jarvis Landry in, and this trio of guys is the best set of weapons the Saints have had at wide receiver for a very long time. We're talking five, ten seasons. Like, this is as good as they've had. So I'm really intrigued how that looks with the deep ball and what that does for the guys out of the backfield behind this O-line. This is a really good football team that is somewhat flying under the radar. But like you mentioned, professionals love this team. I really like it a lot, too. And Marcus Callaway as a number four. Traquan Great. Smith is a four-slash-five. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it's crazy to go from the lack of complete lack of depth at wide receiver last year to – more depth, and they're going to have to make some tough cuts today uh, while, as we record this, today or tomorrow. And they're going to make some, some tough cuts, and it will be interesting to see. Um, I want to ask, get your opinion on, you know, when you look at the offense, there are definitely some potential problems that I, I wonder how handicappers take a look at. It's looking more and more like Alvin Kamara will not be suspended this yep. season, that it will happen in the offseason. But it's still a possibility that it could happen. You got Michael Thomas. He's coming off the foot injury, and now he's having issues with his hamstring. Um, You look at left tackle, number one pick, Trevor Penning was fighting with James Hurst, who's also banged up, and we don't know who's going to play left tackle in week one. Do these things enter your mind? And I know probably more in a look-ahead line type thing they might, but as far as a future number and trying to get value in a division title, do those things enter your mind slash bother you. Okay, so from a handicapping perspective, obviously if Thomas is not on the field and Kamara gets suspended, that's going to change things pretty drastically for the Saints. The left tackle situation is a weird one. Uh, Again, like you said, we still don't know, but that's negated somewhat by Pete McCoy, Ruiz, and Ramzik being just one of the best old lines there is. So. That's negated a bit. But obviously, at the skill position players, those are always worth more. If Thomas and Kamara are not on the field, that's going to make this team close to, I would say, a win worse is a fair number to think about it long term. Week to week, that's probably two points total combined in the point spread. What I will say from just Saints fans watching this and how you kind of want to think about this, Michael Thomas is no longer a number one receiver. So if you have that expectation going into 2022 in your mind for how dominant he was 2018-19, just taper that off because he's not that guy anymore. The ankle injury and what that does to the interior of the leg and what that does for route running, he'll never be the same guy. So 
take a, a step back on that. And what I would really be hoping for is like you mentioned, you get some more emergence from depending how they cut it, Callaway or Smith as that extra guy, but you really need to hope that Olave becomes this dominant downfield speed receiver. Cause what that will do is demand extra coverage from defenses. And when you think about Michael Thomas, now that his rope running is negated, if you have some extra emphasis needed elsewhere, that's going to take the burden off and it's still going to allow him and his elite hands to be able to really make an impact within this offense. And so you really need to be watching for that. Landry is going to be fine no matter where he's put. He's going to be really good at playing off of both of these guys. And so he's going to be that dominant number two, but you really need Olave to step in. But just have the expectations for Thomas tapered off and just really watch for early on how this team is able to stretch the field because that's going to be the big tell for this offense. You see one big difference between the Falcons and the Saints. I mean, and their numbers only three and a half wins different. Drake London, who they drafted in the first round, is clearly their number one receiver. Now, Kyle Pitts is probably the number one target. Yeah. Their number one receiver is Drake London. Here, Chris Olave is wide receiver number three for this offense. That And they already have a top, in my mind, a top three or four defense. But I, before I ask you about the defense real quick, last year you talk about the four different quarterbacks for the Saints, and obviously that's a, a lot about what Saints fans, and they don't want to see Ian Book on the field. How much does it help you with the fact this year that with Jameis Winston as the starter, even though you worry about him, whether he's going to stay healthy or not, to get Andy Dalton in there, to me, a top five backup quarterback, how much that could help this team? It's definitely relief, but you said it right. You want Jameis on the field. You want him healthy because the most valuable thing that you can have in 2022 in the NFL is a QB that can push the ball downfield. And yeah. trust me, as Saints fans watching this, variance is going to follow Jameis Winston anywhere that he goes. You're going to be frustrated with a lot of decisions that he makes, but you have to understand that he is very, very, very different from what you've been accustomed to with the precision passing of Drew Brees for two decades. Last year, you didn't get to see it in full. You are going to get some huge plays and you are going to get some huge mistakes, but that is what you want in 2022 when you're not dealing with some of the top five or six elite quarterbacks. So you want Jameis healthy, you want him on the field, and you want that deep ball to work because that is where this Saints offense can exceed the ceiling that's being put on it. Handicappers love uncertainty with massive Absolutely. potential. You know, I mean, I, I, I wasn't betting back in the day but I would imagine handicappers loved Brett Favre. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah. And again, it was his end of the career in the late two thousands was right when I got started, but you're exactly right. When there's more uncertainty, there's more chance of the odds being mispriced. And that's exactly what you're looking for. And that's what makes a lot of the NFL so difficult to bet is there's a lot of things that are known and the expectations fall within a narrow window. Jameis Winston could be a 5,000-yard passer with 45 touchdowns and be incredible, or he could be benched by week eight and you get Andy Dalton because Winston's thrown 15 interceptions. But that is what makes the team so exciting to bet on because that upside with Jameis is enormous, and but with that comes a massive floor. But we're dealing with the team that's priced at eight and a half, 
that could legitimately win 11 games could also win five games if it goes wrong. So that's what makes it so exciting uh, as a better when you're looking at the Saints. I bet 20 bucks on Jameis to be uh, the league MVP at 150 to one. Good deal. I think so, and I would honestly also bet on him to lead the league in interceptions if you're going to go that far. That's that true. doesn't mean the Saints are going to be a terrible football team, but if Carmichael lets him throw, we saw him throw 33 touchdowns and 33 INTs and lead the league in passing for the Bucks. And I think the difference is the Saints are going to be leading a lot more than that Bucks team was. Right. But, I mean, it's it's not a stretch to think that Jameis is going to at near 20 INTs, but he might have a whole lot more touchdowns too because that's just what he brings to this team overall. So it's uh, nothing wrong with taking the MVP shot, but I don't think there's anything wrong going the other way because this is going to be an offense with just an enormous amount of variance with him under center. Lastly, and I thank you for doing the extended preview here with with our team, our local team and the Saints, and defensive rank last year of seven. And I think, I honestly think, Adam, with this, if this D-line stays healthy and the defensive backfield stays healthy and Demario Davis stays healthy, all ifs, of course, but I think seven's the floor for this defense. I mean, and I think there's going to be a chance to, even though as, as good as the Saints' offense looks on paper, I think you have plenty of chances. I think their overs may be inflated a little bit, and you might be able to get some good prices on some unders uh, throughout the season. Seven is the floor is ambitious. Um I'm not super far off from that. I think it'll rank very close to the same. I would say that that's kind of, if you can have a defense that ranks seventh again, despite the schedule being pretty tough, um, that will give this offense all the opportunity that it needs to get into the playoffs. And so if, if you're exceeding seventh with this defense and everyone on the offense for the most part is able to stay healthy, that's going to put the Saints in a very good situation. We'll see if Lattimore can tighten up within the red zone. That would go a very long way against top wide receivers. But as you mentioned up front, this is a a very good defense that's going to need some new pieces in the secondary to contribute. If they finish seventh, we'll be looking in in January of this being a playoff team for sure. And and the fact that they've had Tampa Bay's number division title at plus 320, we kind of touched on it, but I assume you you like that value. It was 500. It it was better when it was 500, but 320 is still a value. Uh, Honestly, Jim, at this point, if you can find the no on the Bucs to win, you're not looking at a massive difference in price at plus 275 versus plus 325 for the Saints only. If you think the Bucs are going to struggle and everything we talked about in the preview yesterday is going to come to fruition – there's no, I think that I think plus 275 is the better bet than plus 325 Makes sense. because we just, we, there's so much uncertainty about the Panthers that take that while you can. Best international game of the year is going to be Saints and Vikings in London. I, we, you, you talked about it a few weeks ago. I think the Vikings and the Saints are both the best values in the NFC. And I think we kind of agree on that. Um, right? Uh, they're, they're my two best bets for teams within the NFC, yes. My, mine too, and, I, and I'm, I think we're really looking forward to that. I think that game in week five, I believe, is going to tell us a whole lot. And I want to thank you, Adam Chernoff, for coming with us throughout the whole ride. It has been a lot of fun, and we made it through all 32. We are going to talk to you soon during the uh, the football future, I'm sure. When we get to Datitude, doing it live every Friday, we're going to have it 
have you on at some point in the football future. We wish you nothing but success going forward. I'm going to miss talking to you every week. Hey, we'll still have to keep in touch, obviously, during the season, but thanks for all the previews, and this is going to be a very fun season. Adam Chernoff, Covers.com. Make sure you check him out and check out Covers.com. Lots going on there. And thank you for joining us throughout this ride of 32 teams. Team preview. It's time to get to real football, boys and girls. Well, Doc, I thought that was an interesting take, especially when he talked about the part about Jameis Winston. I thought, to me, that was the most interesting part of it all. And why better is love to bet on the Saints? I mean, he's right. Jameis Winston could be the guy we saw for those first seven weeks, throw the, the guy who threw 14 touchdowns against three interceptions. And so this year, I mean, he could throw for 5,000 yards. He could throw for 30 touchdowns. But we've seen him throw 30 t- interceptions in a season. So that's what makes this team interesting to play if you're outside of the Saints. Yeah, no, I thought he had some really great takes, uh, obviously well-informed takes. I do think uh, that this team, I think the one thing that's missing in that commentary is the fact that Dennis Allen is the head coach now. And I think that influence coming from the defensive side of the ball is going to be greater than people people, uh, predict. Uh, What I mean by that, J.D., is, you know, I I think Jameis Winston knows. I think Dennis Allen knows. I think Pete Carmichael knows. This team is a defensive-oriented team. And they have an elite defense. I, I believe, like you, they're, the seventh is just a, a statistical metric. Everything else, if you look at advanced defensive metrics, the Saints are in the top three. You can make an argument they could be number one uh, in, in overall in DVOA. So this is an elite defense, and Dennis Allen's going to lean on that. They're not going to throw the ball all over the yard. But the last thing he wants to do is, is create more turnovers. So I don't think that's going to be the Jameis Winston we see this year. I think it's going to be a lot like the guy we saw early last year, even with added weapons. Now, I think they'll be better offensively, but I think stylistically uh, they are going to be a lot more – they're going to be a lot of games in the low 20s because this team is so good defensively they don't have to throw it all over the yard. But they're going to get into a game here or there where they do get in a shootout, and they now have the weapons to where they can win a game like that, I think. But that's not going to be how they want to approach most games. Dunk, the premise of this show to start was dissecting the Saints' rough week. And, you know, kind of what you said leads me into my question for you is, you know, I think the the injury to Trevor Penning, although I think Chris Olave is probably more important overall this team, uh, especially maybe for, I don't know, for the long-term future. But Trevor Penning's injury to me hurts this team more than if Chris Olave were to get hurt because we still don't know where James Hurst is. He's probably going to play in week one, but he's probably going to play banged up a little bit. But just to take that depth at a position that is, to me, it's the, it's the second most important position on the team behind quarterback. And to go into your season, you thought you were going to have two really good left tackles, and now you only have one, and it's a guy that, really is kind of versatile and plays all over the place. So how much does losing Trevor Penning in your mind hurt this team? Well, I think it was a blow and because Trevor Penning was really coming on. He was, you could see the development and the improvement. Yeah. And I think he was going to end up winning the starting job. Uh, it was just a matter of time till he became the starting left tackle. 
But the Saints are very confident in James Hurst. People I've talked to after pinning went down, they do not uh, lose sleep about the left tackle position right now. I mean, every team in the league would be in trouble if you lost your top two left tackles. So, I mean, you, you just can't go into a season worried worried that way. I think the Saints would would probably have to move somebody over to left tackle if pinning went down. Maybe Pete, maybe Ramchek, flop him over, put Landon Young at right tackle. That might be the way they go. They've got some some uh, options if Hurst went down. But Hurst is fine. He was in the locker room the other day. We talked to him. Uh, they're just being cautious with him. Everything with the Saints right now is let's get the game one at hundred as close to 100% healthy as we can. That's why you haven't seen Mike Thomas. That's why you haven't seen Hurst. That's why you haven't seen Marshawn Lattimore. But they're all going to be there in week one. So I wouldn't worry about that. It's a matter of, uh, you know, can they long-term stay healthy with some of these key positions? First ever live Datitude, episode number 86 here. Uh, we have you on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're going to try to get to YouTube the next time we do this. Um, Jeff Duncan and I are going to be together every Friday at 9.15 a.m. live. And then when I'm done uh, here, I'll go and record my monologue and post it on every major podcast platform like I've done for the first 85 episodes of the show. And, and, I, and I thank everyone out there for it growing as it has. Um, and it really has grown, and, and a lot of it has to do with you, Dunk. I appreciate that. Before I let you go, um, I do want to touch on the defense. You touched on Marcus May. We don't know what's going to happen now with this, this arrest, these things. What a mess. Uh, he's already suspended for the – First part of the season anyway. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But to me, uh, we're talking about it on the Bayou Bet Show on Thursday. Uh, secondary was a major strength of this team. How much does losing Marcus May, we don't know for how long now, and with CJ GJ gone, uh, is that now a weakness on this team? No, not at all. I, I don't think it's going to have a major impact at all. Uh, you know, they, they've got good depth there. I think the way Justin Evans played this camp has, has to give everyone a lot of confidence. I know Dennis Allen mentioned him by name the other day, how well yeah. he's played. Uh, you've got um, Bradley Roby has stepped up as the third corner. He can play in the nickel role. They'll be just fine there. P.J. Williams is a very versatile player, an experienced player. I, I don't think it's going to have a major – Marcus May is a, a very good player, don't get me wrong, but if he has to sit for two to four games or whatever it is, uh, they'll survive just fine because of the, the quality depth they have. Uh, I think where it hurts you more is the fact that you were counting on him and Tyron Matthew to be, you know, your your two high safeties back there, interchangeable right. parts to some degree, and they need to, they need reps together. And now that could get derailed. I don't know necessarily though, JD, if it's going anything going to happen right off the bat. These things tend to take a while to play out. The, uh, you know, the way the NFL works, they, they don't usually weigh in with discipline until the criminal investigator, criminal process, legal process has played out. That's been the case with his DUI as well. So I don't know if it's going to have an impact right away. Uh, this thing could end up getting, getting delayed and postponed, and we don't see this uh, taking, taking effect till midseason or, or even later. All right, finally, uh, well, two things real quick uh, before we let you go, so we don't want this show to, to, to be too, too long here, especially our first live show. Uh, you said that you thought the Saints could win 11 or 12 games. I know, again, 
it's it scares the bejesus out of me that that every uh, media mogul in this area thinks that the Saints are going to win either. I think the lowest I saw was nine. Um, where do you stand on the Saints right now? What is your official prediction as we are just now, what, nine days before the start of the regular season? Where do you stand, and what is the Saints' final record, and do they make the playoffs? Well, I picked 11-6. and six. Uh, A little spoiler alert. My crystal ball column will come out probably in a few days. Uh, 11 and six. I think they're going to win the division. Matter of fact, my first column uh, for Nola Betts was the fact that I think the best bet in the NFL this year is the under on the Bucks. I think they're 11 and a half. That seems extraordinarily high to me, JD. Uh, they've only won 12 games in a season. Uh, the Bucks franchise twice in their history. One of them was last year. Now you're saying they're going to do it back to back. I just think some things are going to go wrong. Some things have already gone wrong for the Bucks. So I like the Saints. I think a great bet would be the Saints to win the division. Uh, but having said that, that's contingent upon really three things for me, and they're all involving good health, and that is Jameis Winston, uh, Michael Thomas, and the one that no one really talks about, I've written about him already, is Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport is critical to this season. He's a breakout candidate. He's the best, most dominant defensive player they have. And he needs to stay healthy. It's, it's a contract year for him. He is a difference maker. There, he's, he has a domino effect on the rest of the defensive line. At this stage of Cam Jordan's career, he's not that force. He was. I know he had a lot of sacks last year, but if you look, his pressures dropped off, his hurries, his tackle, everything else dropped off. Uh, he, and that's natural. He's, he's in his early 30s. I mean, he's probably got one more, two more seasons at most. Marcus Davenport has to be – a game changer and he already is having issues with the shoulder which you have to have a defensive end so to me he's critical for this defense you know you talked earlier seven is the floor for them to be elite top five they've got to have Davenport on the field so those three things I think if they all stay healthy I think the Saints are a playoff team yeah I've got them at 10 and 7 uh, I had them at 10 and 7 last year was off by a, a win I, I think Obviously, with the way the, the playoffs go now, I think ten and seven is. You go ten and seven, you're going to make the playoffs. Uh, nine and eight might get you in, but to be safe, ten and seven is is the floor where you, where you need to be. And I think they will be. I don't think they're going to win the division. I still think Tampa Bay is going to win this division. Although it wouldn't surprise me if either the Saints or the Panthers end up winning this division. I also like you, Dunk. I like the Tampa Bay under as well, eleven and a half, because I think eleven is their ceiling. Yeah, if you, if I look you, at it. If you look at six is a good year. Yeah, I'm, it is. It's a very good year. And, and so, and, and then you win your bet if they go 11 and six. I, I like those odds. I, and, you know, we talked earlier. Look at their opening four games. They go to Dallas, to New Orleans. They come back home. They get the Packers and the <laughs> Kansas City. I mean, they could start one and three. It could be 0 and four. I mean, easily. Uh, Would that be a story if they were zero and four? And then it's hard to dig out of a hole like that. So I, it really is. I, I think I think they are very vulnerable. The one thing that I think you know everyone's focusing on the injuries to the offensive line. If you're going to have those kind of things happen to you, you want a quarterback like Tom Brady because he can yeah. compensate. He like Drew Brees. They're going through the progressions before they even get to the line of scrimmage. They know where they're going with the ball. So for a guy like him, he can compensate but they're still going to have an effect on the running game. And he's not a scrambler, as we all know at this stage, especially. Uh, that defense is legit. But I, I just think 
it's very precarious right now in Tampa. Well, and Dunk, they also have had changes on the offensive line and now have lost Tristan Worth for for a little bit. So, yep. I, I mean, that's going to be a big problem for them, especially in the early part of this season. Uh, and you know, I love Leonard Fournette. Covered him in high school, but he's he's going to get hurt at some point in the season. Mike Evans is going to get hurt at some point in the season. Chris Godwin's already banged up. Russell Gage already banged up. So, I mean, this team is already having their issues on offense before they even get into the season. And Tom Brady, to me, not just because he's 45 years old, but he just doesn't look as interested as he normally is. We'll see what happens with the defensive coordinators, a head coach. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. You got the uncertainty of top bowls, and then you had Brady missing, what, 10 10 days. Exactly. Uh, A lot of things. They they feel like a club that's peaked to me. They won the Super Bowl. They came back, won 13 games, kind of kept the status quo. To me, their needle's pointing down. I think they'll still be good, but I think that bet, if I had to bet my life on something this year, it would be on that under. It's a good thing we don't go to the pirate ship until December the 4th because they're not going to love you over there. <laughs> I, I mean, they're, your, your food is not going to – you better be careful of what you eat in that, in that press box up there. Uh, they, have, they have one of the best spreads in the NFL, we'll say that, in Tampa's – Defense. The one thing they do have over New Orleans is their game day spread in the press boxes. Well, I have n- never been there, and I, I was told that I'm going to go to at least one road game this year. So I'm hoping that's it, actually. Let's go. Uh, my dad lives about 80 miles from there, so maybe I'll make the drive and uh, go see my, my dad who just turned 80 last week. Last question. We never touched on LSU, but big uh, LSU-Florida State game on Sunday. I call this a must-win for the Tigers. It is the most important non-conference game this team has played in many years. Uh, obviously, SEC games are more important anyway, and they always are. But to me, if this team is going to have any chance to be decent this year and get to seven or eight wins and play in a decent bowl game, they have got to beat Florida State. They have got to set the tone for the season because, quite frankly, the SEC schedule is brutal. And I don't see them winning more than two or three games in SEC play. They have got to win on Sunday. I think they will. What do you think? Yeah, I've got them winning this game, but it's one of those uh, dicey 50-50 kind of games on the schedule Agreed. that you you mentioned. I mean, there's a bunch of them on this year's roster, like you know the Auburn game, Ole Miss. These games could go either way, and th- those are the ones that make or break your season. We talked about the cone of uncertainty with the Saints. I think there's a huge cone of uncertainty with the LSU. I don't know what – to expect got new <laughs> offensive systems on both the offense defensive systems new coordinators a whole new culture a new head coach uh, the, the thing that gave me pause i was talking to one of our old colleagues brody miller about this recently the two deep roster for lsu has i think it last time i looked 12 players from the transfer portal in it those guys are going to be playing you're leaning on 12 trend i know that's today's modern game but it also is a reflection of where the program was when Brian Kelly took it over. They had to bring in 12 transfers, and they're, they're either starting or backups. At the SEC elite level, that's not the case. You, you kind of cherry-pick those guys to fill in a roster spot, not 12 of them. Right. To me, that's, that's a sign of, of the program had really reached a, a bottoming-out point under Ed Ogeron, and it's going to take a little while to get back the numbers, because that's what it, at the at the elite college level, it's a numbers game, and the Alabamas and uh, and Georgias of the world are not leaning that heavily on newcomers to come in, and the offensive line in particular, JD, is almost all newcomers. 
And that's going to take a little while to take effect. So I think this is a dangerous game because Florida State got a game under its belt, probably didn't show anything because they were saving it for LSU. And they're going to have a lot of fans here. It's an easy easy uh, trip over from uh, Tallahassee. So I think this game is dangerous, but LSU still has three projected first-round draft picks on the roster. So they've got elite talent. They just they need more depth, and I think that will come into play later this season. Over under seven wins. Do they go over? Do they go under? Do they push? I, I picked them to go eight and four, so I'm a little optimistic. That is very but, optimistic. Uh, that's that's really optimistic. I, I think seven is probably realistic. I think seven is the ceiling. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I with a new quarterback and a new, like you say, I think this is and it's okay. It's okay that this is a rebuilding year. It really is. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean. Most major pro they can't all be Alabama, and even Clemson last year went through a semi-rebuilding yes. year. Every team except Alabama goes through it, and it's okay. So just enjoy what you got and enjoy the game Sunday, and I'm assuming I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the Dome's going to be packed, and it should be a great environment. And it's, it's just amazing to me that we have LSU, Florida State, and neither one of them is ranked. But yeah. they both have such brand – power in college football in my opinion two of the best like home field uh experiences in college football yet we're going to be here in the dome in one of the iconic stadiums in all in all sports well i uh want to say thanks again for for helping me make this a reality i've been thinking about doing a live show since we started this last september um i think this is the perfect venue i think we're going to have a lot of fun with it sometimes we're going to have guests a lot of times we're not going to have guests. It's just going to be you and I talking about the game that's to come. So, obviously, next week we'll be talking in depth about the Saints and the Falcons coming up. Uh, I'm hoping to have a surprise. I'm hoping to have a couple guests on a uh, surprise. I have not talked to them yet. We'll see. But, again, I think this is going to be a fun ride uh, doing this live, and we'll we'll see where it, where it takes us, Jeff Duncan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, once we get into the games, man, we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, rehashing the previous game and looking forward to the the weekend game ahead. And uh, there's going to be no shortage of compelling storylines. This team, I think, has generated a ton of interest, J.D. I mean, people are really excited about this season, and rightfully so, but there's a lot of of uncertainty, and I think that leads to a lot of compelling uh, storylines during the season. It's going to be interesting no matter how it plays out. There's no question. So, And during the week, if you want to send a question to either myself or Jeff Duncan or, or do it during the live show, either way, I am at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. Jeff Duncan is at Jeff Duncan underscore on Twitter. I am at jderry at theadvocate.com is my email. Jeff Duncan at jduncan at theadvocate.com. We are happy to take your questions. If you want to make a comment, any of those things, we're live on Facebook live on Twitter. I'm hoping that we'll be live on YouTube. We're working on that. It's coming. And uh, until next Friday, we will uh, we will talk to you then, Dunk, and, uh, and have a good week. You too, buddy. See you next week. All right, everybody. That is it for the live broadcast part of the portion of the show. Again, this will be on our regular podcast platforms with my monologue and wrap-up coming up, all major platforms, somewhere around 11 a.m., 11.15 a.m. this morning. That'll do it for Datitude episode number 86, the live show. We will see you next Thursday. We're going to have a Datitude with Uncle Big Nick as we do our predictions for the week. And then Jeff Duncan next Friday, September the 9th, 
for episode 88. We'll see you then. I'm Jim Derry. He's Jeff Duncan. Talk to you soon. Fun stuff with Jeff Duncan. Again, every Friday we'll be doing that live, 9.15 a.m. At jderryattheadvocate.com is where you can reach me at Jeff Duncan underscore on Twitter and at jduncanattheadvocate.com is where you can reach Jeff Duncan. Again, I on Twitter. I am at Jim Derry Jr. All right, that is going to wrap up the show for this Friday as we inch closer towards the start. It, you know, did, did anybody watch football last night? They had some great college games on, as we talked about in the live portion. And it just made me think, this song was easy. I mean, sometimes I struggle to find an, an, out, an outro. This one was easy. I mean, it, was, it just so happened on September 1st is when, to me, football season really started this year. Because those games on Thursday night were fantastic. I watched a little bit of the game that was on ESPN, West Virginia, and Pitt. And, but I spent most of my night watching on Fox, Penn State, and um, Purdue last night. And seeing Drew Brees there. I don't think he was happy with the way that ended. And neither was I because I bet on Purdue. That's a whole other story. Uh, they lost by half a point. I hope that is not an indication of <laughs> how the season's going to go betting-wise. But it was fun. And the start of September tells us that we are about to get into our home, uh, not our home stretch, but our, our live stretch now. I mean, once we start September to me, it's on. I mean, I've said it before. I will say it again. You go to sleep on September 1st and you wake up and it's Christmas. I mean, that's what it feels like for a sports writer because 80% of what you do is all about football. And that's who we are here in New Orleans. That's who we are here on Datitude. We love us some LSU. We certainly love the Pelicans. We, we you know, talk about other things here on Datitude. But it's 80% Saints and that's where we are. And it's about time to get into all that. We are going to get into it. Next week, we hope to have a big surprise for you. But if not, doesn't matter. Live next Friday. There's no surprise there. September the 9th, 9.15 a.m. We will do the live show. And we will be here next Thursday. Uncle Big Nick and I will do our first predictions show of the year. That will also be fun. So make sure you join us. We will see you then. Remember to hug the ones you love. And the ones you don't, oh, I don't know. Give them a pat on the back. How about that? We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Peace and love, my friends. Peace.